the John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. John Anik and Kenny Florian. I fucking love them. I can't get enough of them. Let's hear that for us next. Big job there from Duffy and Frank Mir is hurt now. Oh, down goes Duffy. Oh, cold. Frank Mir does it again. Rock'em, sock'em, robots here. Oh, my goodness. I believe there are a couple of absolutely self-involved bullshit artists. Here are your hosts, John Anik and Kenny Florian. Damn right, Ken Flo's back in the saddle today. I can't keep track of all these May birthdays. It's Monday, May 24th, 2021. Anyone out there born on May 24th, happy birthday. It's episode 302 of the Anakin Florian podcast. Ken Flo's got a big birthday coming up in two days. Ray Longo was May 21. Our producer, Cody, was May 15th. And Ken Flo's baby boy was born last Monday, May 17th. Congratulations, man. Two and out, girl boy, and you're good. Thank you, man. <laughs> I think you're right. I think you're right on that. That's the way to go. Just girl, boy, done. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, man, he's a week old, crazy. It, it seems like it was a year ago uh, now with everything that's been happening. But yeah. staying busy, man, uh, I feel blessed, very grateful. Uh, he is healthy. My wife is healthy. And uh, let's go. Somebody in my family, I forget whom, uh, asked me if Kenny was going to be back on the podcast this week. I said, we don't give paternity leave (laughs) at Anakin Florian LLC. He will absolutely be back. But lo and behold, she essentially goes into labor while we're on the air last week. He was born mid-afternoon. Is that right? Around 2.15 or so? Is that? Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, we, we had to take off in the morning. And it was just kind of like we were up all night. You know, her water broke in the middle of the night. And. You know, I think I probably texted you uh, early, yeah, early morning. Yeah. Potentially, I said, "Hey, man, this might be the day." <laughs> of course, it happened on the podcast yeah. day. But uh, hey, we figured it out, man. Thank you guys for adjusting, and uh, yeah. So there's a lot for us to get to, but before we sort of move on, I remember when my second child Tatum was born in Las Vegas, and. It was probably the most powerful of the three kids that I had because it it felt like we went from a married couple. I texted you this, but we went from a married couple with a child, just almost like Riley was our dog. Like, what are we doing here? I guess we're raising this human being for now. And then once she had a sibling, once we were a family of four, that really felt like the day we became a family. So I don't know if you had any of the same emotions over the weekend, but I'd imagine for your daughter, pretty cool uh, to see her baby brother come home. it's amazing. And it definitely is very different. Um, True is so excited to be a big sister, but I feel like this time around, just even grabbing the baby and holding the baby, I can actually enjoy it because I didn't know what the hell I was doing with true where I'm just like, just make sure I don't drop her make sure she doesn't die. I'm just going to hold her. And just, you know, I'm like so nervous about the situation. Now I'm like, pick them up, put them in my chest. Like everything's normal. I can enjoy the process. I'm not worried about, you know, screwing up. So uh, it's been nice, man. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's something to be said for that. I don't love infants, right? It's like the little alien baby. What do you do with this thing? What what do you weigh? Too small to hold. What do you weigh? uh, Seven pounds, four ounces. Anyone in that weight class can get it. That's right. Seven, four, seven, four. That's actually a, uh, a great weight. I'm sure he had like an amazing Apgar score, whatever the hell it's called. Um, But I got to tell you, man, I probably smoked so much weed from the time Tatum was born to the time Hunter was born. That by the time he was born, I forgot everything. I'm texting like buddies of mine who had kids way after I did asking for parental advice. They're like, dude, it's your third kid, right? I have one. 
I can't help you. Right. Um, what do I right. do again? Yeah, that was, I had a yeah. lot of those emotions uh, when we ran it back. But uh, hopefully you and Clark can get together and make a communal decision that you're going to be done at this point because uh, <laughs> as great as this is, there's a lot of child care in your future here for the next few years. It's not going to be an easy two and a half, three years right now. for. Tennis. And I'm old. I'm old as F. So. Well, I, th- yeah. I would imagine jujitsu keeps you young. Mm. Or not, slows actually. Or slows me down. <laughs> I was talking to my brother about sports and injuries and how – if you're just sort of doing strength and conditioning, and certainly you can yeah. tear a biceps tendon when you're lifting weights, whatever. but if you're just doing strength and conditioning and running, I have found that I don't get injured. But as soon as I pick up a tennis racket or start playing basketball, I got all these injuries that I wouldn't have probably had when I was in my mid twenties. So it's becoming harder, despite the fact that I'm in relatively good shape uh, to play sports regularly and, and live to tell about. Right. I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, if you're not keeping up with, like you know, a technical sport like tennis, right? Because there's a lot involved. But you think you know what you're supposed to do, but your brain and body hasn't done it in a while. And right. you, you expect your body just move the exact same way and it just doesn't. Yeah. So that that's why it's tough to just once you start something, don't stop. Don't uh, stop. Right. No, yeah. it's true. The yeah. muscle memory going to serve a tennis ball, you think you can do oh. it and you haven't done it in a long time. By the way, if you're watching on YouTube, Spoke Bees are out today as the Boston Bruins made rather quick work of the Washington Capitals in five. And if our longtime stage manager on the UFC side, Niner, happens to be listening or watching, I might punch <laughs> in the face when I see you, Niner. You know, we're on the air at UFC 262, and that, this dude can't wait to tell me that the Bruins lost game one in overtime, sliding the score onto the format like 3-2 caps. It's like, Fuck you, bro. Four straight <laughs> wins for the bees. Moving on. Speaking of moving Hell on, yeah. lots to celebrate in Massachusetts because Rob Font, Rob fucking Font out of Woburn, out of Lemonster, out of fucking Haverhill, teachers in Wellesley. Everybody's up for Robbie Font wins the main event over Cody Garbrandt by unanimous decision. And Kenny, a lot of people thought it would be Calvin Cater potentially getting a title shot out of Massachusetts. And it's not all a local thing here. There's a Puerto Rico angle uh, for Rob Font as well. But this is big news, man. Rob Font is maybe one win away from a championship opportunity and and obviously got a big win over a former champ over the weekend. It's great to see a humble guy like Rob Font from the New England area do well. Um, You know, I think he has kind of quietly surprised people little by little, uh, continues to improve. Every time I've seen Rob Font fight, he's been a better fighter than he was before. And that is just so great to see. Uh, And facing a guy like Cody Garbrandt, man, that was easily, you know, as we know, obviously the biggest fight of his career. And man, did he pull through uh, and, and kind of, you know, cruise to, to victory. It, it, you know, I think the first round was challenging for him. Um, but after that, he just seemed to get more comfortable, was utilizing all of his weapons, seemed to be the more versatile guy, even when he was taken down or when he was uh, experiencing some kind of adversity. He had the answers uh, to a very tough uh, Cody Garbrandt. Um, and just the, the way that he has put it all together was a thing of beauty. And uh Man, Rob Rob is looking uh, like he's in a great position to absolutely challenge for the belt in the near future. There have been times in his career when the big fight has materialized and he just wasn't able to break through for one reason or another. And certainly there are a lot of stylistic challenges that are difficult that await the the sand Hagens of the world right. certainly Aljamain Sterling and Piotr Jan. And, and it was interesting to hear Rob Font at the post-fight press conference sort of size up some of those challenges. But there was a time in Rob Font's career, Kenny, where I think a lot of people 
were not expectant at all that he would rise to title contention like this. So mm -hmm. I think a lot of people deserve credit. I mean, certainly Calvin Cater as his longtime primary training partner. Tyson Chartier, though, without an ego in a lot of respects, just a unifying force for this team. He has sort of uh, closed up their circle. And uh, I don't know, man, it takes just long-term, nonstop, 365, 24-7 commitment from so many people to turn a fighter from contender type to legitimate uh, title challenger. So I'm just pretty happy for Rob Font, if you can't tell. Absolutely. You know, I think it's so important. And this for, for any fighters or, or potential fighters that are listening to this, I think, you know, you have to have a certain amount of faith in what you're doing and, and trust the process. It's so easy to get down on yourself or to get negative and, you know, experience those losses and be like, man, do I have it? You know, should I 10 gloves. Am I ever going to be a contender or am I just going to be one of those guys that are in the UFC right, as right. long as I can? And Rob Font did not buy any of that. He believed in himself. He trusted the process and he's continued to get better. You have to establish and improve your craft. And that is something that Rob Font has done diligently, quietly. Um, he's gotten better because of it. And now he's in a great position in the UFC now uh, as well. Are you growing your hair out? I mean, it's hit, getting yes, kind of long. Just, I, I, I yes, think just say I am yes. growing it out. I got I'm actually I'm getting a uh, I'm getting a trim today. It's a little out of control, dude. My hair like it grows out. It's like a fro, so it's so thick. I gotta I gotta trim it up. Are you cutting yeah. the back at all today? I'm gonna trim it a little. Yeah, I mean, it's just like it just grows the, out everywhere, dude. It looks like yeah. The wings look kind of good yeah. today with the bees hat. Like the wings <laughs> look kind of good. I don't know if you need. To I know. Cut. I was thinking about trimming the sides. This is the back. It's a right. little thick. I don't know. I'm just very distracted by hair and men's hair, and uh, we'll check back <laughs> in with you next week to see uh, to see how the trim went. Uh, all right, we got to get to Ray. Today's Ray Longo Minute brought to you by Manscaped. Our go-to for men's below-the-waist grooming products, Manscaped. New product alert, folks. Time to stop, drop, and order this brand-new shaving kit they just launched. Introducing the Ultra Smooth Package, specialized groin shaving kit to help you buff, protect, and smooth your most sensitive areas. The new Crop Shaver, Crop Exfoliator, and Crop Gel, all yours right now, 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com slash AF. So from the legend to introduce you, that lawnmower 3.0 and now the 4.0, Manscaped now has the razor to help give you the perfect trim. You know how hard it is to shave close to the skin without ingrown hairs or cuts. This Manscaped Ultra Smooth Package, though, that Ken Flo and I have now sampled, by the way, is a three-step kit to make your package the perfect package. So step one, crop exfoliator. Step two, crop gel. See where you're shaving. It's a unique clear shaving gel just for the groin. And then step three, time to shave. Trademark crop shaver was designed for shaving the groin area with confidence, three precision blades, and a pivoting head for the ultimate groin grooming experience. Now this crop shaver, very quickly, not your average razor. It's handheld, smaller and thicker with a micro comb bar that allows for the best shave possible from any angle. And of course, all three of these products, vegan, cruelty-free, and sulfate-free, and all included in the Ultra Smooth Package. So to get yours today and get 20% off with free shipping, right now go to manscaped.com slash AF. That is 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com slash AF. Smooth it out, fellas, with Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. Manscaped.com slash AF. All right, let's get to Ray. It's now time for the Ray Longo Minute. I want you to punch a hole in this fucking chest. That's what I want. The Ray Longo Minute. John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. Oh, it's good to see you, Ray. It's good to see you, my man. How are the New York Islanders doing in the uh, Stanley Cup play Stanley Cup playoffs? You uh, you paying attention to the uh, the New York Islanders or what? Uh, that would be a negative. 
do. So, the tie but, uh, with the Penguins, 2-2, game five tonight. Oh, wow. Who would have who who thought it, oh, Kenny? Who would have thought it? <clears throat> who would have thought it? But anyway, before we get started, thank you very much for the nice words on Instagram. I really want to thank you for doing that. Very, very nice. Hey, man, I uh, I cherish our friendship greatly, and uh, it's easier for me sometimes to maybe put it into words on Instagram than to tell you face-to-face, but we got a lot of love for you. And, uh, hey, how about the fact that Ken Flo's uh, got a new baby boy, and we need to talk about yeah. this. Yeah, 100%. Congrats, Ken Flo, man. You're on your Thank way. You. Thank you're you. You're on your way to fatherhood. You've been there, but now you're, <laughs> you're going deep now. Now it's the real deal, exactly. Now it's the real deal. What is that, number two? two number kids? two. Wow. Yes. That's, yes. that's crazy. You're, you're right there. I'm a contender now. You're <laughs> a contender. I'm in the top ten. And this poor kid, in some respects, I say this because it's going to be a life of jujitsu, whether he likes it or not. Absolutely. Right? Yes, Absolutely. Yeah. For true as that, well. Yeah, speaking of that, you know, I, obviously, I, I, I don't know, you probably know or don't know, but I was at the Mohegan Sun for my birthday with Aviv Ghazali. And, yeah, congratulations, uh, by the way. He looked yeah, phenomenal. He's another kid that grew up on the mats, um, really loved this kid, you know, his father worked the corner too. Heim, what are just nice people? They really are nice people, and you know he's a work in progress. You know, with the stand up, which is going to take a while, but he's he's willing to put in the work, and he has the attributes to do it. So if he he puts the time in, uh, he's he's going to be good, man. He he looked really good. His MMA jujitsu is awesome, and um, he shows up on on fight night. You know, in the gym, he's a little lackadaisical at times because he's he's 20 years old too so he's mm-hmm. just getting his feet wet but man what a great kid and he did attack that guy you know he did go after him and they you know he was a common opponent to another kid in the gym so i think it was a a nice step up for him and he he handled it really nicely so hats off to him but like your son's gonna be he grew up on the mats and that's where he that's where his home is man and and it shows there are some guys who just elevate their game on fight night or when they're competing more so than the gym. He's one of them. It's 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 nice to see because worse than that is a guy that's a killer in the gym and he never shows up on fight night. And that just drives you insane. This guy, yeah, Aviv is the complete opposite, man. He, from the dressing room on, you just see a different person. It's almost like I'm, I keep saying to him, where, where the heck was this the last yeah. couple of weeks? Like it's, Really, really nice. So he had a great win, which made for a great uh, birthday. And uh, it's all good, man. A lot of birthday love out there on the social media wires for Raymond Longo. My gosh, (laughs) really made an imprint. Part of what I wrote, though, was that I still feel like you're a touch underappreciated as just a striking and conditioning coach, right? I think that you get so much attention for your and good attention for your personality and and your disposition and you know, punch a hole in his fucking chest, right? Yeah, yeah, that they don't yeah, understand yeah. that you actually know how to get guys in shape and motivate them and teach them how to strike. So um, that was part of my message too. Real quick though, in terms of uh, guys elevating their game on fight night, every time Gregor Gillespie fights, I trot this quote out there from his former collegiate wrestling coach at Edinburgh in Pennsylvania, Tim Flynn. He says he's never had a guy raise his game more when the lights come on, right? When, you know, do what you want in practice, show up, right? But when when the, the games are there, the matches are there, Gillespie would always uh, raise his game. So, well, well, jo- go yeah, go ahead, Trey. Go, you, go, go, you, go, you, go. You, 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 you. I was going to say, man, he proved it in the last fight because, again, he looked like he was dead to rights walking back to the corner, 
and he came out as a as a totally different cat, man. It was crazy. Like the way they even filmed that, if you were watching on TV, it was hard to figure out what was going on. And then, man, by what he what he did in that second round was phenomenal, man. Just so that whoever his coach was, that's he knows him. All right, so putting a bow on uh, <clears throat> Ken Flo having a son. So, yeah, like, just imagine how much jujitsu this kid's going to have to do in his life. And I know, True, your daughter, too, right? I got two girls, right? Like, I've taken them to Taekwondo. They love it, and then they don't want to go back. I'm just saying, like, Ken Flo's son, okay, is going to have to do a lot of fucking jujitsu. I hope he likes it. I hope Everything. he likes it. He's going he's gonna to do striking. He's going to do it all. He's, <laughs> he should. Uh, uh, he'll be a hell of a soccer player. Everything in <laughs> sports, uh, youth sports, adult sports, it's all about footwork. It's all about footwork. So as long as I the agree. sports that he's doing, uh, he's doing early on have some sort of footwork, you know, he should be in good shape. So, but you guys had a conversation, Ray, just as Ken Flo was trying to figure out what the hell to name this human being. Ray, what's your father's name? My father's name was August Nicholas Longo. And Ken Flo's father's name is Augustine. Is, did I pronounce that correctly? Yes, exactly. Did you like that, Ray? Augustine? Yeah. Augustine. Well, my father's name is really Augustine, but yeah. With, so... Know. Kenny's literally bantering about with his wife or bandying about whatever the fucking phrase is. I'm losing my mind today, but they're talking about names, right? Yeah. And then you out of nowhere, drop that name on our podcast, right? Kenny. And and that's your son's middle name, Augustine, correct? Augustine. And the other name that we were considering for a first name was August. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. it was crazy that you brought that up. But anyways, I think I was telling Kenny off the air or we texted. I said, you know, every time I see his father liking a tweet, I think of my old man because that's a an unusual name. Like yeah. his friends knew him as Nick, but his real name was August. And I used to call him Gus, which is hysterical because he said he called his father Gus. But when I was yeah. calling my father Gus, I was looking to annoy him at back then. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like it would be, it was funny. I just, I don't know. It just took me back to a nice time because he'd been gone for a while, but uh, yeah, good stuff, man. It's a great, great name. It's a strong name. I I like it. I wanted to give a little ode to my dad. Yeah. You have to. I think that's phenomenal. Yeah. So John Anik is what it's all about, buddy. (laughs) So here's, I'm trying to find this tweet from Josh Cohen. Good friend of mine. He hosts uh, a radio show for ESPN radio in West Palm beach, but the stars just seem to be aligned for Ken Flo's son because lo and behold, a good friend of mine puts out some tweet like, Hey, it, do you, does anyone out there know uh, or have a friend named Archie? I've been thinking about that name a lot lately. Wow. On Monday, Ken Flo. Yeah. I'm like, wow. what, what is going on? You know, it's crazy. So congratulations. Um, we're very happy for you. Obviously Thank we missed you. you last week and you're probably excited because we spent most of the show doing like rules stuff and scoring. And I'm sure you're happy to dodge <laughs> oh, that yeah, episode yeah. a little bit. Yes, exactly. <clears throat> so Ray, little, we caught a little heat for that, but it was, that's it, okay. was it was a conversation that needed to happen and it's going to always be needed to happen. You know what they say? If you can't stand the heat, get your ass out the kitchen. We on a mission. So I'm drinking Gatorade zero sugar today. Ken Flo would tell you that your body recognizes this as sugar. It's absolutely terrible for you. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch that shit with a ten foot pole. <laughs> so get yourself just uh, electrolytes, just straight electrolytes. I know. Yeah, just put it's it in awful. Just absolutely yeah. terrible. So counterproductive to all the physical activity that I'm doing. So Ray, what do you think about Rob Font? Unbelievable. I mean, I think it's a great lesson for the young kids or the guys getting in. Man, 
the jab is just critical, man. He just, man, it was crazy. I mean, no head movement. I mean, you know what's funny? Like, Cody, you could see if you throw a combination, he could slip, weave, get out of there, you know. But, man, no head moving off the jab just was almost like he had a magnet on his head. And uh, that jab just couldn't miss him. It was really the first thing I think should have been you have to take away the jab to even be in this fight. And, you know, there were times he was putting his hands down and still getting hit with it. You know, just a weird, you know, I, 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 he just, the jab was, that was the whole fight. You know what I mean? And, you know, it's funny when I was watching the fight, it was, there used to be two guys from uh, Westbury Boxing, man, that, you know, they would, whenever I would get those guys together, I'd go, how'd the sparring go? You know, because I knew where he was going. He would tell the same story every time he goes, you know, I actually used to try to miss him with my right hand, but I just couldn't. It just it would find its way. To <laughs> but, you know, it was really just a funny thing. And that's what it almost looked like if these guys got together. And Rob found goes, you know, I was actually trying to miss him, but I couldn't. Could miss. He kept getting his head in the way. But yeah, that was the. I think that was the. That look, that was the theme of the fight. You know, basically. Ray, and I, I, I know you'll agree with this, but I, I think you know, for a lot of the other fighters that are listening to this or watching this, right? It all starts and ends with fundamentals and your basics. If you don't have that core to go back to, you're screwed. And, and, you know, and I don't want to make an example because Tony Ferguson is an amazing fighter, but if you're looking at his game, you wouldn't say he's known for his fundamentals or for his basics. And if you're looking to reinvent yourself at a later part in your career, and you don't have that, you have nothing, you have no foundation to fall back on. You're in a really tough spot. And that's kind of what concerns me. Not to say that, Cody's in such a bad spot like that, but, um, you know, he, he does have a certain amount of basics and fundamentals to, to fall back on, but to reinvent yourself at this point, at this stage of the game, without any foundation, without understanding the basics of the game, you're in a really tough spot. And I think that's what Rob Font proved is that he had superior basics. He had a, a superior foundation. And, and that's really what won him this fight. Yeah, look, going into the fight, like for me, like around the gym, it was more like I, this is the way I looked at it. Because, you know, Garbrandt's a heavy hitter, right? When he he can throw, he's got power. But, you know, if and I'm sure Calvin Qatar is sparring with Rob Font. I mean, if you could deal with that animal in right. the gym, this is not going to you're not going anywhere with Cody Garbrandt at 35 because Calvin's a big 45 and he can throw. So I'm sure yeah. those sparring sessions are very, very critical for a lot of reasons. But Dean Thomas brought it out on the on the broadcast uh, last week with Tony Ferguson. He's got no fundamentals. To, he he really hit that right on the head. His fundamentals aren't there. And Kenny's 100% right. If you don't have fundamentals, um, you're going to be in trouble. You know what I mean? And, and that, that 100% was the difference in the fight. The only other thing that I didn't like, I mean, there was a, there was a point where, first off, it should have been code red in Cody's corner. I mean, he was just losing that fight all around. And they, there was a point when Mark was talking to him and another guy starts talking. He just turned away from Mark yeah. and started listening to him. So that's the first thing. That corner's got to be squared away. You know what I mean? Say they, he, he looked like he would listen. If somebody on the other side said something, he turned his head. So I didn't, I thought that was a big, big problem. Right in the middle of what Mark was saying, he just turned around and started listening to somebody else. You're in a, you got a minute, man. That minute's probably about 45 seconds. And after you get the guy just to relax, it's in 30. You got to, you got to make the most out of that time. And I thought that looked like it was a little bit of a problem to me, you know? So 
like you're saying, you can't start changing things after you're already in. I, look, I like Cody when he goes in there guns blazing. I really do. It's do or die. And, you know, at this point in time, you know, he's got the power. He, he had, he, he should have just went for it, man. You could see when he was going forward, he had some success, but man, he was on his heels 20 minutes of that fight. It was crazy, you know, and that's never him. I don't think. Kenny said something earlier that really resonated with me on the other side, just in terms of staying the course for Rob Font, believing and having yes. faith in the foundation, right? Because after Calvin Cater was on the wrong side of that beating at the hands of Max Holloway, right, as documented behind me here, if you're watching on video, I think for the team, that was really a hard loss to absorb, right, to get tuned up in historic fashion like that. And certainly Cater had his moments, and I don't think it was something that was hard for them to swallow because they questioned whether or not Cater was an elite featherweight or questioned what what they were doing, right? But you – when you are build yourself into this main event on ABC and then it goes that way, I just think for the team to regroup, it just had to be difficult. So to produce a win like this, a contending win, um, to put Font into legitimate championship conversation, uh, it, it's huge. And it speaks to the foundation that they've set for years and years and years. Yeah, but look, man, look, even though he lost that fight, that grit and determination, the qualities that you really want in a fight, it just he, he, like, again, they'd still be fighting. That guy wasn't going to quit, man. Yeah. And that's what that team brings, I think. And that's what Calvin brings. I'm a big fan of Calvin. I don't, even though he lost that fight, that night Holloway was on a different level, man. He was zoned out of his, I mean, that yeah. was a phenomenal performance. Uh, but man, Qatar, no quitting Calvin. And uh, like, again, he landed his shots. He just, the volume was just too much. But, you know, he still had, you could see his fundamentals kept him in there. But, you know, like, again, it was just that was a, a bad night, but I, I could take a lot of good things out of that fight, too, for Calvin and the team. You know, they, no, you, of course, they, there's no lack of heart in that whole that whole group. And Definitely. you're right. I mean, I don't know that <clears throat> Max Holloway can fight any better than he did that night. He no, would tell no you that, freaking, well, that was yeah. great. But literally a, the greatest singular performance I think I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, that, yeah just by volume alone and so, just crazy. So while I have you both, Rob Font. Wins by unanimous decision, outstrikes Cody Garbrandt, 183 to 78 in significant strikes. So Aljo's the champ. He will rematch Piotr Jan. Not sure when that will happen. Corey Sandhagen, number two in the world. He will fight TJ Dillashaw, unranked July 24th because of the suspension. Rob Font, number three in the world. So, uh, Ray, I'll start with you on this. I mean, you got your guy, Aljo. I don't know if you have anything for us in terms of the timeline. It looked like he was in the building for this fight this weekend. Um, but Rob Fawn is, is right in the mix and a guy that I would think has got to be on your radar at this point. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. And I think, you know, Rob Fawn came out and he, I think obviously, you know, look, Aljo, he, he's got so many haters at this point. You can't even bring his name up without getting like attacked. But uh, I think Font was a uh, Rob Fawn. I do think Aljo's the harder fight, um, you know, than uh, P.D. Yon because P.D. Yon will give him the fight he wants, which I think is more of a stand-up fight. Right. And Aljo's just weird with his kicks, and he poses a lot of problems. You got to eliminate the Yon thing for a little bit because, you know, he he earned his right to get to that Yon fight, and uh, he, Aljo's the type of guy. He's not going to – he's not going to – I'm saying he's reacting to the criticism, you know, because he's been he's he's funny, but I, I don't think it'll affect his performance the next time. I really don't. Um, Who's trying to Skype you this morning? 
No, I don't know what's going on. I got my phone on Do Not Disturb, and it's coming right through the computer. Crazy. (laughs) Matt Sarah gets that clearance for Do Not Disturb. (laughs) So Font said at the post-fight press conference that Aljo is the tougher puzzle than Piotr Jan. And who knows? He might still have to get through somebody, potentially, before he gets that championship opportunity. I'll tell you right now, though, if it's Font and the New England cartel against <laughs> Team Sarah Longo, I'll tell you right now, I'll throw away all my Funkmaster gear, okay? <laughs> Born and raised in Massachusetts. I probably shouldn't say this on the air, but you know my heart has got to be with that. I mean, I'm telling you, if Rob Font wins a championship, like, I literally will fly to Boston. I will go to the mayor's office to make sure that he gets the duck boat treatment that the Bruins got and the Celtics get and the Red Sox and the Patriots and everybody else. And I would have done the same for Ken Flo or Cater or fucking Charles Rosa, any of these guys. You got to stay with your people, man. That's good. You're a loyal guy. We all appreciate that. I just, (laughs) could you imagine if, and it's a little bit, Go ahead, Ray. Go. And let's not forget Marab, you know, throwing him into that conversation because I think that's right. I I wouldn't mind seeing Marab and Rob Font fight. I mean, I think that would be an exciting fight because he's not going to stop, you know, and and it's we know what Font's looking to do. So I think that's a great that's not a bad matchup for, for Marab. Speaking on behalf of Team Font, we're not we're not taking that fight right now. We got number <laughs> just beat we just beat Cody Dobrant in a fucking main event. We're not fighting Marab. Yeah, and, 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 and by the way, I love those guys. So any any fight will be just a good competition. There'll be no shit talking and no none of that stuff. Those guys are <laughs> real people, and you got to appreciate that, man. I think in a lot of respects, Marab is the Islam Akashev of this Bantamweight division, be the guy who has a hard time getting the fights, but would be maybe a betting favorite against not everybody wouldn't be favored to beat Sandhagen or Aljo or Jan, but might be uh, favored to beat a lot of these guys. We'll, we'll see. 135 pounds is very strong. I mean, Dominic Cruz is love the five round main event thing from Marab at this point. I know we could, I know there'll be, I don't think he'll let off the gas pedal for 25 minutes. So, and somebody's going to really have to be in shape and, it's not going to be defending one takedown. It's going to be defending 30. And he's not afraid to, he, he, there'll be no missing a takedown or getting tired. It just won't happen. So that's where he poses a problem to some of the guys that are strikers. They're going to really have to be well prepared for just the, the cardio element of that fight. I think Dominic Cruz could factor in this equation just okay. because of the name recognition that that fight might appeal to Font in a main event, maybe more than wow. Rob would. Uh, I'm just throwing it out there yeah, because yeah, now is, Cruz is coming off huge. a win. Don, yeah, Don doesn't have a fight set up right now, right? Correct. Is that correct? And he told me that it it's, uh, you know, September would be the earliest you would see Dom. I would, I okay. think he'll get one more in this year. That, uh, that could work out timing wise. Yes, yeah, right. Him and Font. Wow. Yeah, that's so, great. I mean, look, man, really, that division, when you, we, we as with crazy, all, crazy, all of those matchups, you could mix and match all of those guys. They're great fights. And that's Dom is coming off a win uh, for the first time in a while, which, which he would need to be to fight somebody like, like, uh, like Rob Font. Okay. Carla Esparza over Jan Shaunan. I mean, this is a perfect fight for Ken Flo to show his new baby boy, right? With the elbows and all the blood, right? But <laughs> There's a bigger picture to this, obviously, with Carlos Barza winning five in a row because she has the championship win over Rose Namajunas, and we'll get to all of that. But, Ray, I'll start with you just on the performance. I mean, you know, talk about a fighter not resting on her laurels and just continuing to evolve and get better. I mean, the the conditioning, and uh, I, I love Carlos Barza, and, and she's got five straight wins. What would you think of the co-main? 
Well, what could you think, man? She just the dominant performance over, you know, a real talented girl that on her back was completely lost. You know, mm -hmm. it's funny, like when you're breaking down fights, somebody said to me, have we ever seen the other girl wrestle? The answer is no. But now we know. And you could see she 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 tried to power out his shit, but it just wasn't going to work. Call is just too good on the ground and she controlled her and. uh you know, again, it's almost it's similar to when uh, Stipe beat Ngano the first time. They just can't figure out what went wrong, like you know. But it's very easy to figure out. But you know, she's going to go back and address that wrestling, and then she'll she'll come back too, and she'll be she'll be a monster. But beautiful call. I mean, as far as a great performance, deserved the bonus, uh, and just dominant win over a, a very strong, talented uh, girl. Ken Flo, Carla Esparza, I would think at this point, has positioned herself to try to get the belt back. She obviously fought Rose Namajunas, as you well know, in the inaugural Strawway Championship in 2014. And because Carla won that fight, I can tell you assuredly that this matchup appeals to Rose Namajunas. I actually talked to Pat Barry about it about a week after the fact. I would imagine we'll see Thug Rose once more this year. Um, do you think Esparza at this point has the, the inside track to get that title shot? I think so. You know, I think that she did the right thing as far as both her performance and her calling out of Rose Namajunas. She has a, a nice win streak going. Um, she has a style that is interesting that can pose some potential problems for Rose Namajunas. I do think they are two very different fighters from when they first fought. Um, did we call that first fight, by the way, or am I mistaken on that? I think we very well might have. I mean, my memory is not yeah. the go-to memory. A lot of fights since then. A lot of fights. Uh, but yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, either way, I, I think that Carla, um, you know, showed uh, the, you know the easiest easiest path to victory, uh, and uh, you know, it was a brilliant performance. Uh, she was brutal. Uh, she was efficient, and did exactly what she needed to do, man. Yoani and Jacek is just sort of idling and waiting for that big fight. And uh, I know the listeners get upset when I continue to suggest that she beat Zhang Weili in that matchup. Uh, but that's the last time she's fought. You know, it's been a long time since we've seen Yoani and Jacek. And uh, she's not going to fight Rose. So Tatiana Suarez. Could that that's be a, a rematch? Well, right. Could I mean, that I, be a rematch? Zhang Weili and Yuana. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. I mean, I'd love to see it. Put it on the put a five round co-main event on the same card as Carlin Rose. You know, I do yeah. think, though, that Esparza, she's been uh, a workhorse for the promotion. She's been there to step up when they've needed her at times, even if fights haven't materialized. And I just think that uh, I think Rose likes that matchup. Uh, and because of the history, I think that's probably going to be the next strawweight championship fight. You see the news. Tatiana Suarez is going to come back at some point. Looks like it flyweight. Yeah. So I'm all for fighters moving up in weight, by the way. Um, but it looks like she won't be a problem necessarily for the strawweight contenders. I'm sure they were probably to a woman happy to hear that news over the weekend. She, all right. She's such a good grappler, man. <clears throat> Yeah, she could wrestle, man. All right, I got yeah. a couple other notes on UFC fight night and then uh, some stuff on Paul Felder's retirement here, time permitting. Did you see that overhand right by Bruno Silva? I'll admit I did not ingest this entire fight card, but what a knockout, man. I what a knockout. It. Yeah, I it's all you, over. I don't, I don't think I saw it either. I had a, I was stuck at the gym. Stuck at the gym? You wanted to be at the gym. Who you <laughs> <laughs> did you uh, Did you see Jack Hermanson over Edmund Shazin? Oh, yeah, yes. I saw the main card I saw. Yeah, what a great, great performance. And, man, you could see uh, Edmund really tried to, you know, he came out a different person. But uh, 
just has to square away that 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 takedown defense. You know, that's it's pretty simple, I think. But uh definitely beating up uh Hermanson on the feet. But man, again, a guy that had to dig deep and come back and really have a dominant third round and make it clear. I mean, he was up for the task and he went to his strength, and that strength was better than you know, the other guy's uh, weakness, I guess you could say. But, man, but just another great performance. I thought he had to gut that out, man. That first round was disastrous for him. Kenny, I think back to when you had to fight Gray Maynard. I remember at one point on MMA Live, or at least off the air, you were sort of expressing some frustration, like, man, you know, like this lifetime of wrestling repetitions, right? I'm trying to sort of bridge the gap, and you were working with Sean Gray, I believe his name, at Boston Mm -hmm. University, getting ready for that Mm -hmm. fight. I just think it's like what I didn't have him at that. I didn't have him at that point. I had him after after the uh, fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, when you're preparing for that type of challenge, and you had pretty good takedown defense. I mean, like, what is your mentality going into a fight where you know that a dude doesn't want to strike with you, and there's a good chance he's going to be able to take you down if not keep you there? Yeah, you know, it was tough. You know, if I'm talking about the Gray Maynard uh, fight, and you know, specifically. I had seen him stand up the whole time against Nate Diaz and a lot of these other fights. I said, well, he's going to stand up with me and, you know, I might try to hit a takedown here and there. He did not obviously went, went to his wrestling. I think there's a couple approaches, right? First of all, footwork gets a lot of that done. Um, You know, the way that you move your feet, that's going to be number one is going to be your best type of wrestling defense. Don't let him touch your legs. Right. Number two, your actual wrestling defense. Number three, that third layer is making sure if he does take you down, you're making him pay in some way, shape or form that you're attacking with submission straight away, that you're looking for scrambles back to your feet, or you're beating him the hell up. If you are on your back, uh, you know, creating offense off of those scenarios. So, um, you know, I I think that, uh, you know, I, I don't, know if I was so well prepared for that, but these are the things that, you know, you you need to get ready for. And the problem is with grappling specifically, uh, is that it takes more than just a fight camp to get ready for that. So that's why, you know, like we were talking about before, Rob Font is preparing himself for these fights. He's been preparing himself uh, for these fights two years, three years, four years, five years back. That's what you do. You get the work done uh, and you prepare yourself before you face that ultimate wrestler or that tough striker matchup or whatever it is. You prepare yourself years in advance. Yeah, I tell you, I couldn't agree more. And I tell you, I I think when you get the wrestlers like that too, you can't, you, uh, the scrambles back to your feet are where the fight's won. You know, again, everything Kenny said with the footwork and stuff, but you can't acquiesce to your back. That's the first thing. I think there's guys in the gym that are just hard to hold down. And I got to tell you, you saw it even with Garbrandt. It's not worth the energy. If you can't keep the guy down, you're not going to, most guys won't keep trying because they're afraid of their gas tank going out. And then they have to stand up with you, which is worse when they're tired, obviously, than when they're fresh. So it's it's got to be a game in the gym where you refuse to get held down and you're always trying and eventually you'll be that guy that you know as soon as your ass hits the floor you turn you're out you know you you you're just going to make it as hard as possible make the guy expend as much energy as possible and that wrestling energy goes pretty quick on some guys and then they're not going to want to do it so uh but a fight camp no that's got to be worked on over and over and over again way before that you know and that's what i say when you're even if you have a striker you know he's a good striker that's what you're working on right away it's just right, right. The wrestling you don't wait till he he fights a wrestler and then you start training that's 
that's insanity. That's just not going to happen. You know, what did you say to Ally Quinta when the fight went from Paul Felder to Khabib Nurmagomedov? Well, look, it was 24 hours. There's, you know, right. to say you got to go into like a motivation. And then, you know, we had Aljo, Matt, everybody was there. And we just worked on ways of getting back up. You know, like they, this is what he does. This is how he holds you down. This is his takedowns and whatever you could squeeze in. But Al was a wrestler in high school. Right. He was a good wrestler. So right. he he, did he work his wrestling for that fight? Not one, not one day, I'm going to say. Yeah. So that's that, again, like it's weird. That's the phenomenal part of that fight. 24 hours. He went the distance with a with a complete killer, uh, and you know he didn't uh, he survived on the floor, but he had he had good jujitsu and he had good wrestling, and you know there was uh, I think Khabib had to stand up with him, but what he did say is those first two rounds gassed his arms out so much he just didn't have much for the stand up, and again I would I would have liked to have seen that fight on a full camp, and I know. People say it's, you know, crazy stuff. It doesn't matter. This guy, 24 hours with no wrestling for that camp, I think you have to really put that in perspective. And I'm going to just hop on that all the time because I'm, I'm blown away by what he did. Well, that's part of the reason I brought it up. So if you have a full camp, though, with Al for Habib, are you starting with this guy's not touching our lead leg? Is that how you're well, starting things or what? You're, you're working on just all, yeah, well, you're working on everything. You know, but he he would have put his wrestling time in. Would that have helped? That's the answer. I don't know. Maybe Khabib's so fucking good. Who the hell yeah. knows? But yeah. I mean, to have no time to prepare for him, you know, like with the wrestling, I don't know how many guys even would have taken that fight. Right. Right. So, uh, all right, a couple housekeeping items before we get on out of here. Probably going to be idle next week for Memorial Day. So uh, enjoy the holiday off, and then we'll reconvene uh, the following Monday. We'll do some sort of Instagram live content, get you some selections for the uh, the June 5th UFC uh, fight night event. Uh, Ray, what is your next live event? Uh, I'm going to be – I think I'm off for a while. We're uh... – I, I'm starting to promote again. So we have a, a fight. A lot of amateurs are fighting on June 19th out in Long Island, okay. which will be exciting because we're getting back. And I think we got Frivola coming up on June 12th, but I won't be going with them. Um, and okay, then after that, that I just, just Aljo and uh, Marab waiting for fights. Right. I'm thinking, right? I got to just make sure because we put up a chalkboard. There's a lot of guys fighting out of the gym um but i think that's it there'll be a couple of like you know ring of combat cffc things in between right coming up too so would you sanction an amateur fight between me and my twin brother neither with an amateur <laughs> record under the ring of combat banner uh man i really honestly man i don't i've seen so many brothers beat the piss out of each other in the gym and i'd never let it happen twice in a row i just some some stuff so i'm gonna say well ours is my, fixed. my partner my partner would definitely <laughs> it, but yours what ours is fixed though yeah so I'll, I'll fix he's, it I'll he's my fall guy he's gonna let I'll me knock him out in front of millions of people no. and then i'm in you're, you're good to go yeah. um and oh, kenfo man. when is your next uh when's your next pfl event you got a uh, respite got- right now yeah, a little bit of a respite. Um, we're looking at the second week of June. Um, okay. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And before we go, um, we saw both Alan Joban and Paul Felder recognized uh, and retiring over the weekend. And it's not as though either man 
can't compete anymore, uh, right? But for whatever reason, for for Joe Bannon, it has a lot to do with just health, right? He's had so many surgeries and neck surgeries, and uh-huh. there are times when he's training where you know he's feeling the neck, and 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 his last fight against Jared Gooden was a tremendous win, a tremendous way to go out, all of that stuff. Um, but Paul Felder, you know, it took him a while to get into the upper reaches of this lightweight division, and I think it's interesting, Kenny, when you have a career with a lot of close fights as Paul did, right? had a late career win over Edson Barboza and you go on social media after that fight and everybody's like, Oh, fuck you. You didn't win the fight. Right. Then you beat Dan hooker, according to the fan base, but you lose on the judges scorecard and you're sort of the, the crowning jewel of the fan base. Everybody's like, Felder, you're the man you got so fucking hose, you know? And it's interesting for me, you know, spending some time with him after those two wins and talking to him or after those two fights and how, when he wins one fight, You know, it's like the fan base is putting you down and then you lose one fight that you thought you won and the fan base is building you up. You know, great career, a lot of exciting fights, a lot of close fights. And uh, thankfully, he's walking away with with a lot of opportunities and his wits about him. But it caught me off guard. You know, we've talked about this a lot privately, but I, I didn't know that he was retiring Saturday night. Yeah, you know, listen, I think that it's hard to appease all the fans, right? It doesn't matter what you do. Uh, you know, uh, Mother Teresa has haters. So uh, for, for Paul Felder, you know, uh, the most important thing, and I think what he'll be remembered for is the fact that he gave, he always gave it his best, you know, always gave 100%. He was an absolute warrior inside uh, the octagon, uh, fought his heart out. And, um, you know, I think that's what will be recognized uh, for, you know, even above any of his wins or losses, um, he, he never gave up on his on himself. Um, and uh, in regards to the retirement, I, I think it's extremely important for fighters to know when it's time. And it can come in a, a variety of ways, whether it's, hey, physically like me, like Alan Joban, I, I can't train. I can't prepare the way I want to. That's when you know it's time. A lot of guys ignore that stuff and push through um, and they end up taking more damage to their body because of it. Uh, And then there's the guys that mentally are like, hey, you know what? I don't feel the same motivation to go out there and do another training camp or get up for this fight or whatever. And it seems like maybe that was the case for Paul Felder. And that's another huge sign that you need to stop. This this game is too dangerous. It is too brutal for you not to be 100% physically or mentally in it. And the fact that Paul is able to recognize that uh, and have that supersede his ego or his identity or any of that stuff uh, is crucial. And, and obviously Paul is a talented guy who can go ahead and do a lot of other things. Uh, you know, not, not everybody has that. So true. the fact that Paul has that as his backup um, is huge. And uh, I wish him the best. Yeah. Again, one of the more, more, more mentally tough fighters you're ever going to have seen in the octagon, just mentally tough. Another guy. And I think Kenny's right. I mean, it, it makes it easy when you, you're comfortable. He's, he's doing great with the announcing. And, uh, you know, he's alluded that he wanted to stop before this, but yep. I, I guess yeah. it caught you off guard. But he's just one of those guys, I think, when he makes his mind up, that's it. Just like he does in the fights. He's not stopping. Yeah. He doesn't quit. And uh, he's uh, he made his mind up. He's, I think he had a great run in the UFC uh, from, you know, local shows out here and, you know, the East coast and power to him, man, that he's got some, something to uh, hang his hat on and keep him happy. But he made his mark in the UFC. He fought the best of the best. And that's all you could do. They all, anybody who fought him knew that they were in a fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. As a fighter, I think that's all you could ask for. 
And I think it's hard at this stage of the career when the money starts to get good to walk away, right? Yeah, and- that I think is a yeah. For some guys, if if money, if you're a money oriented guy, then that, yeah. you're in trouble. Yeah. When you start to realize the bigger paydays at the time in your career where maybe you just don't have a lot left. But I think there were different motivations for Paul. You know, I'm surprised that the Iaquinta fight never happened. I think it did come around again. But again, Paul wanted those big fights, those big, big names, the marquee names, the Fergusons, the Gaethje's. And for one reason or another, those fights late in his career didn't materialize. Certainly if the Dan Hooker fight had gone the other way, maybe he would have gotten that fight. But uh, we all wish Paul Felder the best in retirement and thankfully was able to go out on his own terms and sort of experience that shine with the Dos Anjos fight last November. You know, a lot of people say, oh, why don't you just have one retirement fight at 70? I remember with Ken Flo back in the day, it's like, dude, can't we just do like one swan song? And and obviously your back just wasn't going to cooperate for that. I guess for you, similarly, ego wasn't going to keep you around to get that brush from the fans one last time. That wasn't going to be enough if you weren't going to fight for a belt, you know. Definitely. And, you know, and the other side of things is the guy that has taken a lot of damage over the course of his career uh, and doesn't see those signs and continues to fight. And you end up being uh, the guy who puts everybody else over. And you don't want to be that guy either. Right. Where you right, now you're right. just kind of now you're the goldfish for all the the young sharks that are right, coming up. Right. And right. You know, th- that's just the brutal reality of the sport. You know, now you're the name that makes someone else a name. Um, and you know, ignoring that too is, is tough because again, this sport is brutal. It's, you're not competing. You're fighting. It's not a sport. You're not playing. Right. You're fighting. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, look, that, that's why I love what Khabib did. I love what Henry Cejudo did. You, you, you're going to remember those guys. Just there's no negatives to remember them by, you know what I mean? And they got out at the right time. And, uh, I think it's a lesson for everybody. I think, Felder made a real conscious, smart decision. Yeah. Is Triple C out, though? Is Cejudo out? Well, I mean, who knows if any I of them know. are out? Who well, knows right. if any of them are out? But technically, yeah. they're out, and they're not going to come back and have a 10-fight right. you know, run. They might come back for one fight, but they did get out on top, man, which is which is hard to do. Yep. I mean, if you read the fine language of Ken Flo's PFL contract, <laughs> might be one. Might be one more. You just never know. So. <laughs> all right we got to get on out of here thanks to our executive producer cody merrill thanks for everybody for indulging us we will have some live content on social media next week and maybe later this week we'll go live on instagram with ray longo that seemed to uh to resonate with some people as well ken flo congrats on the addition my man uh not too much subtraction at the barbershop today i actually think it looks good. he's He's just a little bit just a little bit he's a he's a hair critic this guy (laughs) i'm gonna donate it yeah, this probably isn't the time to, uh, you know, I just thought of something with Cody too, man. I hope that that uh, coronavirus didn't have an effect in that fight. Yeah, that's a good point. I have seen it in guys, and he got hit pretty hard, and it did look like he was a little flat. So I, I want to just, I, I I know he struggled with it, and I hope that wasn't a reason, but uh, yeah. I know they have that long haulers program. These guys, there's some young guys that just can't get over this shit, and I've seen it in the gym, and it's, it's frustrating as hell. So yeah, good point, right? You know, yeah. I, I, I want I want to bring that up before because I don't want to just you know he's so talented. I yeah, mean, right. physically. I mean, yeah, he's right. and I'm going to unbelievable. Say it looked like there was some mental confusion, and that could have been part of it. Like, why am I not responding the way I want to respond? Right. Yeah, I don't think he was taking instruction too good, but I think it could have been fact that his body was just telling him, "Hey, dude, this shit ain't happening tonight." 
He's just asked a lot of his body since he was a high school athlete playing middle linebacker at 135 pounds in Ohio. You know, he's just been colliding with people for a very long time. And we talk so much about the skills and the talent and the speed and everything else. One of the best human beings I've met in almost 10 years working for the USD. So, yeah, I wish him the best with that, too, because we have a kid, Dennis Bazooka in the gym. He just he can't shake this and he's fought a couple of times and really he guts through it, but it's, it's, it's gut wrenching almost to watch because you know, he just, he doesn't have it. And as long as they take x-rays and you know, it's, 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 it's bad. It's bad. I, I hope that's not the case. My, my, my babysitter just banged in sick for the day. This is unbelievable. Oh, Patrice, if you're listening, I'm just fucking around. It's just a radio bit, but you know, get done with the podcast. Maybe go hit some golf balls or, uh, you know, but You're my, uh, today. my babysitter asked for the day off. So I'm going to go, you know, daddy daycare, childcare, Ken Flo. You and me, baby. You and me. Longo's <laughs> kids are out of the house, right? Your kids yes. don't live at home or do they? No, they're, they're still home. That's yeah. <laughs> one, one big happy family over That's here. Right. That's right. Yeah. They'll be going soon, though, but it's a rough year. Dad, you turned my room into a podcast studio. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, that'll happen instantly. All, All right, right, thanks, guys, thanks listen, everybody for Memorial Day, and hopefully I'll speak to you at the end of the week. All right, Ray, thanks, get Ray. on out of here. I'm signing out. Thanks for doing your hair. My God. <laughs> Take it easy, guys. <laughs> All right, don't forget, anafloorinpodcast.com if you want merchandise. Ken Flo's got some uh, jujitsu videos cranking out, uh, instructionals. He doesn't just do jujitsu, though. He'll probably <laughs> do some striking as well, just like his son. And I kid, of course, <laughs> but it's like, it's tricky when you're parenting kids you know you just throw stuff at them and you know i have yeah. a, i have a i have a colleague whose son whose son is a great soccer player but he's seven and people are like recruiting him for for their travel teams and and he's like dude my son's seven he's just gonna just throw everything at the wall and see what sticks you know unfortunately for my daughters the martial arts not sticking well that's the thing you can't push him either so yeah the whole process of coaching and being a dad is is uh a subtle art i think and yeah uh, I know nothing about it, but uh, I will, I'm sure, as we move forward here. Two things I'll say in closing about parenthood. Uh, Your energy sets the tone for the rest of your child's day. So when my eldest daughter is dragging and I need her to, like, brush her teeth or put on her shoes, you know, my my inner monologue is like, hey, Riley, can you brush your teeth and maybe tie your shoes so that we can go to school but i want her to have a good day and i don't want her to get upset and obviously when i raise my voice or cuss it upsets her so i'm like honey can you please for the love of all things sacred go go brush your teeth right now um but can you show me how to brush your teeth yeah can you show me how you do that i know you're going to be 10 i know you want a cellular (laughs) telephone for your birthday but I would also say she's going to overnight camp for three and a half weeks. And it stands to reason wow. that she will come back a completely different child. And part of the reason she's going is because all her friends are going and, you know, mm-hmm. pack your bags, honey. We'll see you in three and a half weeks, right? But she will come home and she will be less needy at bedtime and she will be effectively changed forever. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, so I'm excited for for all of that. And uh, that's going to do it for today. AnnaFlorianPodcast.com if you want that merchandise and you want to see everything that is going on when it comes to the show. Don't forget Bilal Muhammad's Remember the Show back on this channel uh, this Thursday night. Uh, with that, for Ken Flo, I'm John Anik. Thank you all for listening, for watching. Uh, we'll talk to you in less than two weeks. Until then, yo later. Don't text and drive. We'll see you.